Hello and welcome to Windy City Wargaming, brought to you by the Chicago Wargame community. I'm your host, Mike, and with me, I have my two friends, James. Hi. And Josh. Hey, everybody. Now, there are a few different war games that the three of us like to play, uh, and we're going to talk about a lot of them, but in today's episode, we're going to be focusing on my one true love, War Machine. Now, Josh, you've been playing War Machine for quite a while, right? That's right. I, I actually started in um, Mark One uh, when I was living in Fort Wayne, Indiana. I went to the game store. I was playing some uh, Magic in 40K at the time, and they were like, check out this game. And I'm like, this game looks awesome. And of course, I went super metal and went with Cricks. And I had Denegra and the a very explodey, um, what are they called? The Bile Thralls. That is literally all I remember. So, what was like Crick's like in Mark One? Like, what? Because I know in Mark Three and uh, they they could be kind of oppressive. Yeah, well, you know, I didn't really play a lot of Mark One, so I remember my games were Denegra turning into a ghost, running away from things, and having my bile thralls explode on things, and that's how I won games. Um, and that's that's literally what I remember about Mark One, and I played for probably like maybe. Eight months, and then I moved away from Fort Wayne, uh, Indiana, and moved out to Chicago. And then I didn't really catch up with um, the 40K, I mean, the, the War Machine crew out here. So I went back to 40K and Warhammer Fantasy, uh, but eventually rolled back around and got introduced to some Warham- uh, War Machine again and started playing in Mark II, like in the middle of Mark II. Tour- and then... Um, I played a couple of different things, Scorn and Everblight, basically, uh, and then I was really into Everblight towards the end of that, and um, I stopped like literally right before Mark Three came out because of you know the 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 transition between two and three was. To say the least, not the best, and and I fell off then. <laughs> uh, but with the announcement of Mark Four and uh, I just got really excited because I really love War Machine. Um, the 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 lore and like the styles really speak to me, so I was excited to play again. Hell yeah! And, and James, you started playing around Mark One, Mark Two as well, and I believe you also played a little bit of Cricks, right? Um, yeah, I didn't start playing Cricks until Mark Three, like in earnest, but um. Yeah, I started, like, middle of Mark II, like, right after Colossals were announced. Um, and because uh, I, I just moved to Seattle, um, then I had to leave all of my wargaming stuff in Illinois. Um, so I asked around, and uh, somebody's like, oh, let me demo War Machine to you. It's a, It's, like, you know, locally produced and stuff, too. It was, like, pretty popular in Seattle. And, um, so I got a demo game and, uh, immediately fell in love with Signar and the whole like trencher aesthetic and stuff. And they're like, all right, buy this battle box. I'm like, all right, cool, cool, cool. And I play like two <laughs> games with the battle box. And I'm like, I really like those trenchers. That's why I got into Signar. And they're like, oh, you don't want those. Those suck. <laughs> <laughs> Great way to, to get a new player into the game, right? I, I think that really set the tone, um, for my introduction into War Machine was constantly choosing the shit that sucks. 
Um, you started off with Signar. That's the bad thing at the start. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I played Signar for a while. I moved to Trolls. Um, and then I started getting into like the competitive scene. Um, and uh, But only like mildly. So like kind of regional competitive mm-hmm. scene. And then uh, uh, Mark III rolled around and I bought... I was like, there's no way anybody's going to be happy with their faction on the transition. So I bought a pissed off Crix players lot (laughs) (laughs) and basically got the whole faction for like 300 bucks or something like that. Oh, shit. (laughs) Um, And so I played a lot of Crix at the beginning of Mark III when they were um, not so hot. Um, And then, yeah, I've, I've probably bounced around between like I think i've got like six full factions now i was gonna say yeah you're quite the faction hopper yeah yeah yeah, yeah. nothing wrong and with that. The, you, you mentioned the competitive scene out in seattle wasn't there like um that was like the main big deal out there wasn't there like a main game store that's a pretty major hub for competitive war machine yeah mox boarding house um it was in bellevue bellevue um and uh, that was, like, basically the, the same area that Privateer Press itself was in. Um, some of the steamrollers were, like, topping out at, like, 60 people. Wow. Holy cow. Yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty large. So, um, yeah, it was kind of nuts. Nice. And then I got to Chicago, That's... and everybody played Menoth, and it was, like, so <laughs> weird. Because, like, no one played Menoth in Seattle, and then everybody did. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah, well, that's, I mean, that's how I got into War Machine was exactly that. I went to go visit James out in Seattle, and he's like, yeah, you should buy, you know, I'll, I'll paint up a battle box for you, which is guaranteed to get me hooked into something, because I'm like, well, these dragons look like cool, and if you're going to paint it, sure. <laughs> uh, I remember playing a demo game in your apartment living room on a table that was bigger than the living room, yep. I think. Yep. Uh, the giant <laughs> six-foot-by-four-foot folding table, that was insane. Mm-hmm. And I fell in love with the game, came back to Chicago. Uh, it took me a little bit to kind of jump to the meta, but I, I started right at the beginning of Mark III. Uh, I was kind of wishy-washy on what faction. I obviously had the Everblight battle box, but then when you mentioned Dragon Ogren Centaurs were being released, I was like, well, I'm, I'm fully in now, completely committed. And uh, yeah, played all through Mark III and uh, in the Chicago meta. Lots of Menoth, as you said. Uh, but never looked back. It was a bunch of good stuff. That's awesome. Now, we briefly kind of already talked about this a little bit, but uh, I'm just curious about your general thoughts on War Machine, particularly for me, those listeners who aren't super familiar with the game. What would you say sets War Machine apart from any other tabletop game? Oh, man. Uh, I think there's a lot. Uh, The two-hit and success kind of thing with the 2d6... Uh, and having a higher target numbers is pretty unique. Most games only use like one die. Uh, so having a crit system as well with that is pretty cool. Um, this The actual setting is super awesome. I mean, it really, War Machine started off as an RPG for Dungeons & Dragons, I think. Um, yeah, it was, it was a module for that, yeah. Yeah, it started all from that, and uh, the the guy who's is Doug's one of the Dugs, I think. Maybe, no, is it Doug? 
I, I don't I don't remember. But the the guy who's the 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 art director started doing ma- with magic cards and kind of rolled into RPGs and uh, it, it he just really created something cool with it. This steampunk robot aesthetic. The, the Iron Kingdoms. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I gotta say that setting's pretty awesome. Oh, James, what do you think? What what sets War Machine apart? Uh, a very clean rule set. Um, really? Yeah. Not a lot of games have a, a clean rule set. No, not <laughs> not quite in the same way that War Machine did. Um, I would argue that War Machine, up until probably 2020, <laughs> had the cleanest and most easily resolvable rule set in that there wasn't a lot of room for interpretation they also had a very streamlined resolution system with the forums and like you can quickly look up those interactions it was like highly googleable um that's so what that's what changed in 2020 i just went all over the place right so like there there there's a huge influx of new models with new thematic rules and stuff like that but it felt like it was too much too fast to consider the interactions uh whereas before there was a pretty set um there was there was a very limited amount of rules that were kind of applied everywhere right and so the rule book did a pretty good job handling that and the rule book was also very easy to maneuver which i think is another big thing that is pretty unique to war machine um you know, you you look at other games and the rules are either um, locked behind a paper book and like six erratas or like mm-hmm. the, you know, they're not keyworded well or anything like that. And War Machine did a great job of making sure that those rules were accessible and, and referenceable. Um, but uh, for a while, things were just coming out too fast where I think um, some of the cleanliness and resolution... <laughs> Uh, started to break down and there wasn't a huge willingness to clean it up. So it kind of sounds like what you're saying is that a new addition kind of was necessary to, to happen. I think you, right, it, you, it, you would it, definitely good, hear that call. from me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm kind of a zealot though. I don't think they went far enough in burning <laughs> the thing down. Oh really? <laughs> <laughs> I think some people might disagree with you on that one. I mean, that's fine if they're wrong, but that's their right. <laughs> yeah, I oh, mean, uh, it's funny because going from like Mark 1 and Mark 2 and then seeing like what's going on in Mark 4, um, sometimes I think the, the clean rule system uh, and like the very specificness was almost a hindrance in some of the older versions. I I like some of the the, the more loosey goosey stuff with uh, Mark IV. I know a lot of people will not be happy that I said that, but <laughs> but like missing a charge by one tenth of one hundredth of an inch, or like towing it to get like full uh, like benefits of like terrain and all kinds of stuff, like right. that kind of stuff that was very like uh micro was so important to the game and i think that the focus is more on the macro now which i'm excited to play with no i'm uh, i'm going to disagree with you there because i loved the precision stuff oh, no. i loved being able to just get down to the millimeter but now i i i do admit i think 
maybe there's there's a kind of a balancing act with that, right? Where you don't want to go too hardcore with it, but I think it, it, there's definitely something to be said about lining it up and getting it just in, and it works out perfectly. I, well, let I me ask you a question. Okay. Let me ask What's you a question real quick. Now, when you started playing the game, what was yep. the saying? Uh, that how many games were you going to lose before you won your first game of War Machine? Yeah, okay, yeah, losing 100 games or whatever <laughs> it was before, yeah. No, that, because that's a fair point. That's not that, exactly a... Yeah. A selling point, that's true. Yeah, I mean, it, the 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 very specific crunchy rules are fun for some people, but they do keep people from, like, new blood from joining the game, I think. Um, what were you going to say, James? Yeah, so, I mean, like, one, I would argue that the new rules aren't as loose as you're making it out to be, and that okay. those fractions of an inch still make a difference. It's just that some of the movement and stuff around it is going to lend itself to you not maybe caring as much, mm-hmm. um, well, uh, because you're still you still have to measure out threat ranges based on right. you know slingshotted base sizes and stuff like that. The towing in thing that went away in Mark Three, um, you know there's there's still a lot to it. It just feels a little bit smoother and less crunchy but like yeah that precision still exists and i I think that's a really important point a lot of people are like oh well the core of war machine is totally screwed by um by these movement mechanics and it's like no uh, you're you're (laughs) just not like thinking you, you can't think about it the exact same way but the level of precision still exists and is almost more beneficial towards veteran players which is something that i'm worried about because now you're thinking about threat ranges not in terms of distance but distance plus um like uh the two inch radius plus the base size plus the reach of the the model right right so there are places where where that experience is going to lend itself uh, pretty well i will say that i i started you know kind of towards the uh the beginning of mark three uh, well after the dreaded, and I, I remember hearing horror stories about the uh, the, the death of pre-measuring, uh, oh or the, the, the birth of pre-measuring, and how pre-measuring was viewed as this thing that's going to ruin the game, and I, I honestly can't imagine playing a game of War Machine without it, right? Now, I'm not saying you have to plan out an entire activation, 100, you know, all the way, but, like, to have to eyeball what, like, 12 inches looks like on a table, it just sounds, like, cool that you can do that, but... <laughs> I don't want to have to have to be able to do that to play a game. You know. Oh, what I mean? you well, you didn't. You just checked your uh, control range over and 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 over again. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> that's well, that's so that's what I remember playing from earlier editions. So like now, starting in Mark Four, I'm like, oh, and I actually really love the new movement mechanics. So. Yeah, I think that we should maybe. Uh, this is a good transition into talking about Mark IV. Uh, we kind of did it naturally, but I want to talk a little bit about some of the rule changes that are occurring in Mark IV and uh, kind of get your thoughts on there before we just dive too deep into it. Uh, the first thing I want to talk about is that they have removed arcs from the game, which reading that at first, I thought that wasn't going to be a super big deal, but uh, after playing a few games, it, that seemed to be probably one of the most significant changes to the rules with, with Mark IV. For sure. Well, what do you guys think? And, and I think it makes bases look nicer. <laughs> well, yeah. 
But no, I, I completely agree. That's one of the things that really gets new people too, I think, or it did, at least when, when I was playing in second edition is like, you know, just being able to like miss somebody's uh, arc or like catching somebody's arc on accident and like it was it you know oh i just out of your line of sight uh it, it was it was frustrating i love the new arcs definitely finicky yeah definitely finicky yeah what, what do you think about that i i definitely think that like um it speeds up gameplay um it i i think that some of the um things that you want to do um with locking people down or whatever kind of already naturally happens. Um, obviously like the interaction with things like free strikes and stuff like that is pretty big with how the game plays now. Um, but from a rules perspective too, again, it goes back to that cleanliness thing. Um, they had to take, I think like three stabs at the interaction of front arcs, ghostly and charges, um, because of black Bane's ghost raiders. Uh, in in Mark III. Um, Hmm. And so all the interactions there, like passing through models and passing through arcs and line of sight and stuff like that, um, you just got rid of, like, an absolute mess of of rules that uh, kind of in a modern game don't need to exist when you're dealing with that many individual sources of, of like line of sight and stuff like that sure right yeah when you have especially at, you know in an old mark three to end of mark three 75 point game you could have dozens of models each with their you know front arcs and you gotta check all of that stuff and like free strikes became really a, a lot to, a lot of mental load to process that stuff now it also i would argue was definitely a rule that made the game very crunchy right and having to figure that puzzle out probably was a, a lot of fun I, I know i enjoyed it a lot too but um but i felt like uh, after playing a few games of mark four i thought i was gonna miss it a little bit more than i did and playing it exactly what you say james that that kind of engagement is still there right you know trying to jam stuff up trying to uh, like the same type of gameplay is there but it happens like twice as fast yeah, you're not attacking your op- opponents on their turn and all kinds of stuff like that. It really speeds up the game, for sure. Uh, I do think that the change from um, uh, uh, free, stri- like free strikes to uh, losing your combat action, I'm still going to need to get used to that for a little bit because um, it, it, it just, like, that whole disengaging and moving around, it's like... You know, when, it, when I'm in my head, I'm like, oh, War Beast, I can take a free strike, no problem. But when you have one dude locking down a whole War Beast, it's now just a different, you know, view mentally I got to take on the battlefield. You know what I mean? For sure. I don't think it's a bad thing, but I think it's it's definitely different. <laughs> well, well it, and there's it, less of those single dudes to stop you. <laughs> uh, that's true. Yeah, but it, it makes each of them more and more impactful, right? True. Because a combat action, when you yeah. sacrifice it, that includes things like additional attacks. Right. You know, I yes, will say your it, initials. it makes the game feel more like actually like playing chess in a, in a way. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of army sizes. So like what we're talking about, smaller dudes, you know, smaller army sizes. Um, what do you think about the, was uh, the 50 point, 75 point, hundred point 
Uh, I believe Warfare Weekend announced that they're officially doing 75-point games for the, uh, the next Warfare Weekend. What is your take on that? I think it's too small. <laughs> I, I like. I, uh, I think. I think at that tournament level, it's got to be a hundred points. I think it's going to be really interesting because uh, of the fact that a lot of armies will only have like fifty points of models out at the time. Well, I think that's um, kind of the main motivation for them doing it, right? Is that like yeah. there's only a handful. Like you can't buy the big boxes. Just I mean, you should be able to by then. But yeah, I think a lot of armies are going to have a hard time filling a hundred point. Yeah, three minutes. months before that is when they're releasing the 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 new hordes armies, and we don't know how fast their output's going to be. So it literally just might be for the four new factions, and then all of the legacy stuff. So uh, even at Warfare Weekend next year, um, I mean, I, even I, the the legacy stuff though. I, I mean, like that's you know, there's tons of models out for that, and true. when you're playing at a hundred points. That's still effectively less than 75 before. I mean, you're probably hovering between yeah, like 55 and 60, right? So the, the game is significantly smaller. And 75 points before was really like 100, right? Yeah. Um, well, so 75, we're, we're now getting into like really small games that can swing really hard. Yeah, I, I, I kind of like those smaller games, though. I kind of enjoy <laughs> yeah. playing... At the 75 point level, particularly because with list building, I felt like I had to make some pretty significant decisions as to how I want to shape my list. Whereas at 100 points, it almost kind of felt like, all right, I'm just going to, because the uh, armies are smaller, right? The, tr- the options are smaller. At, at 100 points, I felt like I was just kind of throwing stuff in, right? And maybe that's just me being a bad list builder, but uh, <laughs> I, I felt like with with how limited your choices are in an army, a hundred point felt big relative to that. Yeah, I, I I really enjoy. I think the the games that we've been playing most at the fifty point level, which is I guess like the brawl machine level of the old. Um, but I I've really had a lot of fun. You have to make hard decisions, and you have to have a game plan going in. Um, and I, I think it's a lot of fun. I, I think that it it's easier to skew uh, one way or the other, which can be rough, but I really, really enjoyed the speed and uh, how much uh, action there was in a 50-point game. I think those uh, are all personally. perfectly acceptable attributes when you're going to a store. When you're going to an actual tournament or something like that, it should never, ever like be reminiscent of Brawl Machine. Yeah, uh, like, I, <laughs> like, that skewiness and like you've got the list chicken and stuff like that. I know uh, that, how how both of you feel about brawl machine here, and I and I'm I'm going to transition <laughs> here so we don't get into a bit of an argument here. But um, I, I will say I think brawl machine definitely brought a lot of people uh, into a, uh, playing a game that they otherwise wouldn't. But I I am agreeing. I, I do think a hundred points at especially at the the competitive level. I think it should get up there. But maybe for the first one while new models are still coming out i think 75 is a good compromise probably but yeah. i want to talk about the the big deal here the unit movement what do you guys think about that rule change about the way they've changed unit movement i love it i love it it's so much it's so much fun um it's 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 more it's more difficult to screen uh they everything feels more impactful but they're not as strong as a full unit would be typically 
So like there's pluses and minuses to it, uh, it but it's so fast. Uh, I really detested measuring out every single person, figuring right. out terrain. Now I'm just measuring one person, then I go plow, plow they're down. Super fun. I love it. Yeah, the, this is like this is another place where I think that there was a huge gain in ease of play without giving up too much. Um, I don't think it's more difficult to screen now. I think it's just different the way that you screen now. Um, and again, I think it's a lot of things where people are looking at it from how they used to do it versus how they need to do it now. Um, and um, I I really, really like it. I, I think it still lends itself well to uh, precise and thoughtful gameplay. Um, but, you know, like Josh said... Um, without all this stupid shit involved. <laughs> right. I, yeah. I think we just I, I agreed say, on something. Oh my God. What? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I was the, uh, the player that would always struggle with uh, Death Clock, right? And whenever I would run more than like two units in my army, I would definitely be on the verge of clocking out most games. And I will say, I think by the end of Mark III, I was starting to kind of get, get into it and probably you know starting to keep up a little bit with that. But um, and so I'm very much happy with this change because it, it saves me from like still I get to do what I want with the unit, but without having to take an hour to to move every model and measure it all out. I, my two hangups with that though are one, it it leaves my units very grouped, which I think is kind of like a balancing thing, but it just makes AOE so much more deadly. And the second thing is thematically i'm having a hard time wrapping my head around having one guy walk around an acid pit and then having the entire unit just leap over that without any penalty yeah i i mean like so i like to think of some of it as like one person is like i'm going this way and somebody's like oh shit there's a log in my way but otherwise i know exactly where i'm going right, right. so they're not like finding their way around it or something I don't know. Uh, honestly, at the end of the day, it's like tiny pieces of plastic moving around mouse pads. Um, but That's like, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I could see where somebody who wants to be really engrossed with stuff um, might not like that. But yeah, well, people I mean, calling it teleporting and all that stuff. I mean, you got to just whatever you got to do to make it fit with your schema that's that's what happens. I mean, you could just uh, imagine everybody just holds hands and like group hugs <laughs> uh, until there, and then they spread out. Yeah, you know? I, <laughs> and I mean, like you're right. still in the same situation as before, where like you could just snipe out the one dude who's like got a clean shot, right? And now the entire unit is stuck behind that acid pit. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. It definitely makes um, those kind of sniper shots and the AOE shots very much. I don't want to say a counter to units, but but definitely an impactful tool to use against that, and something you definitely have to be aware of. And kind of like you said, another example of having precise measurements uh, still being meaningful in the game. Yeah, and and with the AOEs too. I mean, the the AOEs I feel like seem more impactful with the way they work. Um, but one, again, it's way less fiddly. And two, I don't know if you've noticed, but the pow on a lot of those AOEs have come down a lot. That's right. like by like two garbage yeah yep yep so all right well so we talked about the new rules in mark 4 um i kind of want to talk about 
with Mark Four coming on, just kind of the last topic here for the podcast. Um, what are we uh, looking forward to? So let's just go around and say, like, what's something that we are excited about? Uh, whether it's a, a tournament, a local game, new models, new factions, something like that. What, what's something we're kind of excited about for War Machine? I really can't wait until we see what the uh, the new uh, Hordes faction is and, and, and what are they going to do to the Fury mechanic. Because I have a feeling that it's going to get changed a little bit. Um, and I'm excited to see what what, what that's going to look like. That's you my think, favorite you thing. you think the Fury mechanic's going to be changed? I think it might be tweaked a bit. It's going to be a little bit different. Okay. I think there might be some different interplay with, with, with the models and, and the casters now. Uh, and and then other than that, than that, I'm excited about uh, the new Orgoth stuff because that's the only thing I got into on this uh, new Mark IV faction. Okay. James, how about you? I am looking forward to the new and exciting ways you find to clock yourself out with now that movement. Yeah. Changed. Um, <laughs> I don't have an excuse anymore. <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> uh, I, I think what I'm most looking forward to is um, a snappier gameplay with a good rule set. That means I can enjoy a tournament without feeling like I've got a hangover by the second round. Right. Yeah. <laughs> God, those, I remember what was the time that we did like a four round tournament that went back to your place and played another game and we we're just like delirious. Oh at the end of my that. gosh. Yeah. It was, it was brutal. Was that the Riot Quest uh, night? I think it was a Riot Quest yeah. night. <laughs> we were up at 3 a.m. trying to figure out the rules for Riot Quest. Oh my God. <laughs> Um, That's my awesome. thing that I'm really looking forward to, and maybe this is just me being weird, but I want my huge bases. I want my <laughs> huge bases. I love huge bases. That's one of the reasons why I'm, I, I want my Archangel. I want to put it on the table. I want to look at it, and I want it to breathe fire on all of your models. So I, I'm very much looking forward to not only the return of the, huge, the legacy huge bases, but I want to see what they cook up for all these new factions, because I think it's going to be some really cool shit. Now, I got a question for you. What yes. if, what if, when uh, they put out the big bases, they're like, no, 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 there's no Archangel, it's just Blightbringer now. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like, A, that would never happen, so how dare you, <laughs> and B, I would, I, would be, I would be writing so many angry letters, I would probably drive down to Privateer Press headquarters and be like, no, 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 fix this, this is wrong. It's, my answer would uh, be, I would just proxy. Because we both are in that same position, we both have Archangels and Blightbringers. So that's right. Yeah. Oh, look at this new Blight. Look at this Blightbringer model. Like it's 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 a dragon now, right? Exactly. exactly. Right. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Well, hey, folks. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in to the first episode of Windy City Wargaming. Uh, like I said, we try to rotate between our three favorite games, and uh, our next episode, episode two, be on the lookout because we're talking about our next favorite game, which is going to be Conquest: The Last Argument of Kings. Right. And uh, my name is Mike, uh, and uh, I want to throw it over here. Uh, Josh, do you have any plugs you'd like to give? Yeah. Hey, um, you might have seen Mike and I on um, our. Uh, uh, our YouTube channel that uh, we've got with my buddy Aaron, uh, Cool Guys Nation, on YouTube, on the webs, and all that stuff, where we do all sorts of stuff. We got battle reports from like all kinds of games. We got magic stuff, all kinds of uh, interesting things. And we've done quite a few uh, Mark IV early uh, rule games. And then we played what, one or two actual Mark IV games? Maybe three? I think so, yeah. 
Yep. Yeah, but we we had a lot of fun recording them, uh, and uh, we got a lot of other stuff you can take a look at there. So yeah, appreciate it you to check it out. Awesome. Yeah, James, anything you'd like to plug? Uh, got a YouTube channel that's basically been dead for two years. Um, <laughs> once the pandemic hit, in person gaming went uh, went away. Yep. But. Uh, but be on the lookout for the resurrection of Desperate Pace as we start to get Ooh. some Mark IV uh, games in. I am, again, militaristic about um, thinking they should have done away with all of the old models. So I'm waiting for the new Signar before I'll even record a video. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, then. Uh, <laughs> and with that, uh, thank you again so much for listening. And we will catch you on the next one. Yeah. Bye bye. Bye. Intro and outro music is Kevin McLeod.